Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Hey, this is Koi Jandro from Collider Heroes and Comic Book Shopping. I want to talk about the DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. It is the home of original series like Titans and Young Justice, Outsiders Parts 1 and 2. Their comic library includes over 20,000 titles from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before. They are available on all of your favorite devices. So sign up now at DCUniverse.com slash join. Napa Know How. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I am back. I have been summoned by the raw power of some Marvel Hall H announcements. Koi, tell me everything today. It was today. so powerful. It was I'm amazing to beat them. We're going to do it. We're going to dive in. It's going to be insane. They're not going to be able to handle it. I can't even contain myself because it's only been 48 hours since my life changed. We have cleared the decks just so that we can have this conversation. Uh, I'm back. I'm Amy Dallin. And you were in London. Just so freaking cool. Welcome back from home. London. Before we even dive in, welcome home. We did two weeks without you. It was cold and dark, but welcome back. I'm sure it was not. Thank you. We we'll had carry the Mark Bernard and Rox 
Roxy, we're great. We had great guests, but thank you for coming home. For being uh, it's far great from home. to be back, and it's great to be. Uh, we saw, got to see and talk to so many of you at San Diego Comic Con, which was this past weekend. We are all still recovering. We have a million stories to get into. There's so many things that got announced. So many new trailers dropped. We're saving a lot of that for Giant Size because we might need the whole show today to talk about some Marvel Hall H announcements. Coy, it was a 90-minute panel, so I think our 20 is going to be not even close to enough. <laughs> so we're going to do it here on Twitter on Giant Size. Follow us along. But this episode, we're going to dedicate just to that panel this is episode 315 and i gotta say i didn't know if they could follow up the hall h's of years past after taking a year off after the amount that marvel's done after endgame i didn't know what that room would feel like there was a small part of me that was worried it would be a retrospective and i would still be bawling and i would still sure, be but sure. i was i was a little like maybe that's the way they'll go and i would understand that and then they'd save their stuff for d23 but no no they did nothing but announce. It was like every single time I thought they couldn't reach peak. Any other panel, any other con, Jane Foster as Thor would be the only thing for 90 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, that was a piece of a puzzle. The moment that, that Natalie Portman holds a hammer could be the only mic drop you need for the year. But no, no, that's a piece of the puzzle. Uh, what was your biggest moment? All right. There's so much to dive into with these announcements. I, at first, let's just... Uh, we, we can take a moment to appreciate. We did. We got the Phase 4 announcement. Full now, slate. the interesting big supl- surprise for me is Phase 4 is only two years long. Yes. Um, but there are, what, 11 projects that they discussed in the course of that, and they made some major announcements of things to come that don't fit in that two-year frame. Yeah, I think, I think it's 10. I'm not sure. I think it's 7 in 2021 and 3 in 2020. Sure. Not 100%. I mean, yeah. whoa. Um, uh, and they're blending TV and film. Yes. So I love that. It is an interesting approach. They, they, they went really big to sort of let us know all the things that the MCU, uh, Marvel Cinematic and or Streaming Universe, mm-hmm. MCSU, what are we calling it? Uh, <laughs> I'd say those shows are cinematic. I'm going to play. I'm going to let that be a thing. But cinematic means a thing. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> we, we had talked a lot about whether and when they were going to announce this late. You yes. were in the I don't need to know camp. Yes. Uh, I was in the I'm trying to hedge my bets and say it'll be D23 because it would be too cool if it was Comic-Con. And right. I should have just gone with my hopes because I was like, God, as soon as they would like, were saving it for after Spider-Man, I was like, but Comic-Con, right? But I didn't want to be wrong. You know, what I, you, know what I, you know what I think? I think Phase 4 is Comic-Con and Phase 5 is D23 because... Yay! Because it's only two years, that means D23 announcements are 2022, which is not unreasonable. And Blade is in Phase 5. We already know that Blade's Phase okay, 5. so that's the big surprise. Obviously, they saved this for the end of Marvel Hall H. If you have not run down, there are great lists of all of the projects and announcements. Uh, the big out-of-nowhere what is happening came right at the end of the panel. Tell me about that moment. Okay, so we'll break down the whole thing, but that moment We're needs go its backwards. own I don't special know. love. Uh, Blade is such a great character that, you know, we've talked about a couple times because he's in the comics a lot more, so I've been thinking Blade was coming back because he's an Avenger now. So I didn't, like, obviously there was no way of knowing for sure, but I was like, this is... Well, uh, we always used to talk about it as a natural extension of the Netflix Marvel properties right. as a place they would go there. Now Hulu's got the Ghost Rider and the Damien Hellstrom going. Yeah. Um, so there were a lot of sort of, ooh, Blade might be back in the water, but uh, I would say 0% chance that I called, like, I certainly, no part of me had my money on their announcing Blade at Hall and, and Mahershala Ali is going to play him. And Mahershala Ali coming out and just like smirking and then throwing on a hat was such a gangster announcement. Like, I just love the visual of a smile and a hat. And the moment that happened, they went black. 
all of Hall H went dark. So instead of it being like moment of fanfare, it was moment of realization, everyone's brain going, what? And then they cut the lights. So the entire room, it felt like a visual mic drop. The way they did that was so genius. And the the room felt like a a riot of happiness. Like it was all the energy of a riot. I was at the, like the Red Sox they, when we reversed the curse riot. It felt like that, but with happiness. It was so glorious. I felt like everyone wanted, wanted to get into a mosh pit of just glee. Uh, it was amazing. And then they turned the lights back on for safety. But I really liked how they handled that as you don't get to ask any more questions our time is done you're welcome ghost it was so freaking cool and that was after they had every single person on that stage they they brought out the entire eternals cast then okay, they brought let's out start there yes the entire eternals cast there had been a lot of rumors a lot of probably in the film uh but uh Chloe Zhao, the director mm-hmm. came out and and they revealed some new members of the cast i'm gonna get this lineup out there uh, because I don't think I had heard uh, about, for instance, Lauren Ridloff playing Makari. Mm-hmm. Hadn't. Uh, that is a, a fabulously interesting casting uh, because, and you were there, so you can tell me better, but like she came out and she signed uh, about what it means to her, the right? Whole, to be the deaf whole, actress. Yeah, she like, signed during the announcement that she would be the first deaf character in the MCU and it was just so beautiful because there was this this reverence and silence while that was happening and it was it was a really powerful moment it was incredible that's so beautiful okay so we have Richard Madden as Icarus Icarus however you say it which Icarus look I've been saying Icarus for a decade and I know it's wrong (laughs) but I'm a comic book fan and I don't know how anything is pronounced even though Icarus is actually the mythological figure Sidorak Sidorak you know Crimson Brands Uh, now that moment was the only one I think we'd all guessed I I think everyone thought that Richard Madden was Icarus but seeing it was definitely worth everything Kumail Nanjiani as Kingo. And I love how jacked that man is. He's, he was doing press for Stuber, looking all Marvel, and he was like, I'm not in the Marvel Universe yet. And they came over and were like, yeah, Kumail, come on. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. That was perhaps my biggest moment of, of casting. Uh, I, as much as I love to hear Natalie Portman is back as, as Jane, as much as I love Jane Foster as Thor, Brian Tyree Henry is one of us. He is a sweaty. He loves comics. He has been killing it. Uh, I'm a huge Hotel Artemis fan. I love Atlanta. Atlanta is everything. And the fact that we got Paperboy as part of the MCU. We're and it's someone that obsessed loves with it. Into the Spider-Verse, as you all know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jefferson Davis gets to be a voice and, like, and, and Brian Tyree Henry, the fact that he loves comics as much as he does, it makes me happy to know that he's so invested because he's going to kill it. I'm, it's perfect. Perfect. Some Hayek as Ajax. Such a surprise. Like, we, we had Angelina Jolie rumblings, but I hadn't heard a lot of Selma Hayek rumblings, if any. So the moment she was announced, it was like... I thought that might be in lieu of Angelina Jolie, to be honest. Mm. I was afraid, like, we had heard her, and then with Selma Hayek, I was like, I guess the scheduling didn't work out, or whatever the fuck. What? <laughs> We have this cast? Our cop runneth over uh, on so many levels. How do you top Endgame? Oh, wait. Phase four is this, and it's only in two years. Prepare to be busy every month. Leah McHugh as Sprite. Now, she's new, and her big sister is a Marvel fan, so she was adorable. She came out, and she was inst- you understood why she was cast the moment she started talking. She was, like, made in a lab of cuteness. Uh, she was like a Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girl. Uh, and then she talked about how proud she was because her big sister is a fan of Marvel, and she gets to- adorable. Uh, Don Lee as Gilgamesh. Now, I don't know Don Lee. Uh, I don't know his work, but his physicality is incredible. He came out. He also was one of the, the few to, like, he, he shook everybody's hands in the, in the press pit. So it was really cool to see someone come out and be, like, part of it and also just this tank of a man. Very excited. I did see a lot of excitement for this casting, so I'm, I'm excited to dig into his uh, back work as well. And uh, Angelina Jolie? Who immediately came out and was 
talking about the mythology of Marvel and how invested she was and how much she wanted to be involved. And to me, that was everything I wanted to hear from an actress of that caliber. Knowing they had Angelina Jolie, the rumors have been there forever. But then to hear her say MCU and Marvel and just like the elegance and grace and beauty of Angelina Jolie talking about our world. Quick question. Was there a Cersei? Or is Cersei not in this? Or is one of these people secretly Cersei? Or is Maisie Williams unavailable on that stage? I mean, not Maisie Williams. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown. I'm having trouble with names today. Millie Bobby Millie Brown. Millie Bobby Brown is Cersei? I mean, they've, they've, there's been rumors about Millie Bobby Brown in The Eternals. And then if there's a character, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. The Eternals is probably the, the one I know least of this whole slate. And I'm, I'm going to own that. One of the reasons I want to bring it up is that a lot of us feel that way. A lot of even Marvel diehards uh, like have read some Eternals, are somewhat familiar with Eternals, but there's only a very small group, I would say, of Eternals diehards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting for these characters to come across to, to, more, to more people, for everyone to discover them. Do you have top reading recommendations? I actually don't. I, I, I'm, I, and I hate to say this, Heroes fans. I want to enjoy Eternals like I enjoyed Wonder Woman, so I might try not to. I, I kind of want to see a Marvel... I haven't gotten to see a Marvel movie without theorizing the whole time. I haven't gotten to see a Marvel movie without going like, well, that's a reference to this, or that's an Easter egg about this. I kind of want to have my first Marvel movie. I'm really glad that you're putting this on the record because you are going to break before Eternals comes out. I know I am, but I'm I, saying it now. I'm hopeful. I want to enjoy the movie. Play this back when Koi has read every issue of everything involving the Eternals because you could not wait any longer. It's a full year and a half away, and I feel like I will break in that 18 months, but as of this moment, I would like to go in blind. It's not going to happen. I'm going to recommend and uh, you can get these on Comixology. I think they're also available in print right now. Uh, there is, uh, There are collections of the old Jack Kirby stuff. He, of course, created the Eternals for Marvel. Uh, and there is a collection of the Neil Gaiman, John Romita Jr. run. Now, it's, it's not among my, like, favorite comics, but it is a sort of solid, like, here's who the Eternals are. Sure. Um, it's two really great creators. It, like, I, I, mean, I need to revisit it to sort of see if it climbs further in my, like, okay. but it sort of was like, yeah, good. Uh, sorry to those legendary creators. I'm obsessed um, with Johnny Jr. and I love Neil Gaiman, so that might be the one I great. go with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's going to be all backstory. They're clearly going to make changes. They're clearly going to innovate on it. Uh, and I'm, I'm very breaking. excited to see what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, I, I lasted 30 seconds. Now you say John B. Jr. and Neil Gaiman. I'm already considering. <laughs> I'm already like, this lasted no time at all. I made a stand and I broke. Okay. So next up in this unbelievable tremendous, we don't have time. I. All right. Falcon and Winter Soldier. That announcement was great because we knew that show was coming. It was one of the only things we were certain of. They made a public announcement. We got a new logo. But Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan on the stage sharing the shield and passing it back and forth was the only thing they needed to do. Uh, I love these two together. I love their banter. I'm really excited for the show. But they did something they didn't need to do, and that was giving us a video of Daniel Brühl as Zemo and then giving us the mask. We saw the Zemo mask come on, and we saw those crazy eyes shining through, and it was like this great espionage flavor. It, it, it looked... It was like 10 seconds, but it was Baron Zemo's mask. It was everything we needed. Uh, I... It, we weren't allowed to film the video stuff, and I respect that. So at the moment I saw a video coming, I put my phone down. I was not about to be that guy. I felt weird even taking photos of the cast because I was like, this is for me. But uh, that moment, I, that was the one time I was like, I wish I could have kept that for me to just play over and over and over and over again. It's Baron Zemo. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about it, too. That's coming to Disney+. Plus Next up, and this was just legitimately mind-blowing news. We have a Shang-Chi. We He's have. starring in a movie called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. 
and he has an amazing supporting cast around him, and all of this got dropped on us. Tell me about this moment. Simu Liu. They played footage from the Marvel films showing us all the Easter eggs of the Ten Rings that we've not noticed. There's tattoos on wrists of assassins. There's imagery that Kevin Feige has been planning Ten Rings stuff since the Ten Rings of Iron Man 1. None of us knew. They gave us, they gave us a quick two-minute, one-minute montage of Ten Rings imagery. The, the, and they mentioned the one shot, which means the one shots are canon, which means the Trevor Slattery thing has been building this whole time. We're getting the Mandarin. And I love that because I personally love the, the Mandarin with Ben Slatter, uh, Trevor Slattery. I thought Bing Kingsley's twist was great. I'm, I'm one of the ones on that side of the Mandarin. But everyone's happy now because now we get to go and have this the Mandarin, like the Mandarin. Uh, and the way they presented the actor that's playing Shang-Chi came out and was just so charming and I've never seen his work. So to have him come out and just be like Keanu Reeves level charming and be a stranger to me was amazing. He was so captivating. You couldn't take your eyes off him. Uh, I want to know all of his work now. And that's what you want from a casting like this is to discover someone's body of work. Uh, and then I got to meet him that night and he is, is just impossibly nice. He's so kind. He wanted to talk about the comic. He wanted to ask me about what I liked about Shang-Chi and what I thought the role represented for people. Like he, he's so in and he got cast on Tuesday. That's insane. Sunday, he screen tested. Tuesday, he was cast. Saturday, he was on the Hall H stage. So I've heard a lot of recommendations that we all need to go check out Kim's Convenience, uh, a show that he's partly made his name on that yeah. is apparently super charming. A lot of tweets uh, about that, I, and I'm definitely checking out because he's incredible. Nice off-screen shouting for Kim's Convenience. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so they filled out that cast out with Tony Leung and with Aquafina, who yes. we all collectively fell in love with in Crazy Rich Asians, if you weren't already familiar with her last year. Yep. Um, she's starring in a film right now called The Farewell, I think, that I need to see mm-hmm. um, if I have my facts straight there. Uh, uh, thank you. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Hey guys, before we continue, I want to talk about DC Universe is the ultimate DC membership for DC fans where you can watch, read, shop, and even connect with other fans. It is home of DC original series like Titans, Doom Patrol, and Young Justice Outsiders Parts 1 
and two. Their comic library now includes over 20,000 titles from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before, like The Man of Steel, Harley Quinn 2016, and Batman number 50. Tom King's Batman's amazing. Selfish, seamless plug. Watch new animated films like Justice League vs. The Fatal Five and Batman Hush coming soon, along with classic movies like Superman and Superman 2. DC Universe is available on all of your favorite devices. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. That's dcuniverse.com slash join. So friggin' that would have, again, been enough for me. I would have been like, we have a shake tree! That's fantastic. So that movie's official. Any other con, once again, like there are every one of these we've said so far could have been everything. But wait, WandaVision. Tom King's vision is one of my favorite comics, Hard Stop. They said... And Gabriel Walter, yeah. They kept mentioning how weird it's going to be, and then they showed a brief animatic. It's Tom King's vision. My theory, and this is tinfoil hat. You guys ready? I think WandaVision is about the Tom King vision era, and I think something happens that drives Wanda mad. Like, something snaps, and that causes a break in reality, and that madness of the multiverse stems from that. I think Scarlet Witch... He's referring here to the newly announced Doctor Strange title, which we will also be getting to because there was too much news. That means we get to tie directly from the Disney Plus into the movie, and I think we get not House of M in the state of mutants, but I think something happens that mirrors House of M, just like Civil War, where it's not actually Civil War, it's Civil War flavor, but I think a House of M type event happens in WandaVision that leads to the multiverse madness. Now, House of M is an important part of comic storytelling, but I was really proud of the way like Heinberg and Chung and a lot of others sort of put her back together after that mm-hmm. in a way where I wouldn't want to see it go down the same way, True. but I am very interested to see, like I'm completely on board with the things we've seen from this, with the level of weirdness, and of course with Monica Rambeau. Oh, that's so exciting. And- I, uh, Tiana Paris, I think, uh, is uh, was brought out on stage. Surprise, Monica Rambeau all yeah. grew up. And um, she's lovely. She was so funny. She was so charismatic. She was so in. I, every single person that came on that stage came on a Hall Age stage and just was the character in a way that could have been the mic drop moment. And there were there were too many mics to drop. Speaking of which, Loki. Tom Hiddleston uh, of years past was the entire Hall H panel. So the fact that Tom Hiddleston coming out and doing his thing in those moments was just... It's Tom Hiddleston talking about Loki, and they confirmed through the Endgame clip the moment he disappears into the Cosmic Cube is, in fact, where he take off from. And that means that all the lessons Loki has learned have not been learned, because that means we're dealing with a past continuity Loki, which uh, is fantastic. We get to have full mischief again. Okay, then we found out that Doctor Strange, the sequel, is on. It is coming. It is part of Phase 4, and it is called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and it is the first scary MCU movie. Scott Derrickson, horror director, and a Lovecraftian title. We've got some Lovecraft vibes in this, and I do think it ties into Scarlet Witch. They also said Liz Olsen is in the movie, so that, that brings into my tinfoil hat theory even more. And uh, it was Benedict Cumberbatch's birthday yesterday, so we all got to sing a happy birthday to him, which That's was fun. amazing. Uh, all right, and it's going to connect with WandaVision. Uh, we got an official proper rollout announcement of What If, starring Jeffrey Wright. Who can only be whispered? Uh, Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. Hearing him speak about how much he loved the universe, just hearing his booming voice around Hall H, he is the Watcher. I, I, I never put that casting together, but it's absolutely perfect. And I've been excited for What If since we discovered yep. it was coming. Now to have the official announcement. Join us. Join us in our excitement. And join us in our excitement for 
Flippin' Hawkeye. Maybe my favorite visual announcement. Maybe my favorite, like... Because, and I realized, I tweeted that I'm not over the logo, and I got a couple folks who felt underwhelmed by it and who thought that's what I was commenting on, and I was very surprised because it means we haven't been doing our jobs because there are people on this earth who have not yet read the Hawkeye run started by Matt Fraction with an amazing team of artists and continued by Kelly Thompson with Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Yeah. Those runs are incredible pieces of modern, modern Marvel storytelling that we have often lamented kind of came too late to influence mm -hmm. the MCU. Not anymore, they didn't. Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye was very much a mix of like early Matt Fractions by the end, but in the beginning it was very much kind Ultimate Hawkeye. I still think he should be in jail, but they'll figure it out. Well, they'll Ronin, explain to me why this isn't happening. Ronan is part of the story, they said. So I think Ronan is a piece of why Kate Bishop takes over the Hawkeye mantle. I think Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye, feels like he can't be a hero because of the things he's done, Kate Bishop takes over. Also, uh, I didn't have Amy with me when I was doing our Collider coverage of Hall H, so I said the... Kate Bishop Hawkeye is the new and improved Hawkeye, the better Hawkeye. That's the running joke. Each of them thinks they're the better Hawkeye. That's their banter. So I said that on the panel, and then YouTube was like, why don't you like Jeremy Renner? Why don't you think he's a better Hawkeye? Because I didn't have Amy, who is always my translator. She is she is the one that explains the comic side that my brain just rattles around. So Join I'm us. sorry, Internet. Uh, I don't think one is better than the other. You're allowed to think one is better, for the uh, record. I am, and I That's love them legal. both. But <laughs> it was a reference to a comic that you may not have read, which was my fa falling. Uh, it's fantastic read that run, because Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is perfect. I mean, it's amazing. David Aha is a part of it. Annie Wu, an incredible artist on that. Uh, Bud Matt Fraction guiding that vision. Uh, vision. Yeah. So I want to spend the entire show just on that because I'm very, very excited. We already know we have Cassie uh, Lang yes. and we have Kate Bishop, which means we have two young Avengers in the mix. You're not wrong. Uh, but we have more than that. We have Th Thor, Love, and Thunder. The charisma of the three of them on stage when it was Tessa Thompson, Taka, and Chris Hemsworth, that was already enough for me. That was enough of an announcement. But then Taka said the words Jason Aaron run, and everyone in the audience that re reads comics like perked up. Like you felt the room go, Bruh! and that could have been everything, and we could have theorized. But then Natalie Portman came out, and Taka handed her Mjolnir, and Jane Foster as Thor was born before our eyes. We got to see that happen in real life. It was I'd say life-changing. It was incredible. As a comic fan, that was one of the craziest moments of my life. Uh, Natalie Portman is Jane Foster. I'm so excited to see this Thor. And if you've read the comics, that level of depth in a character is why you get Natalie Portman to come back. That's why Natalie Portman would sign on to it. The, the arc of the chemotherapy and her losing all the progress she's made in defeating cancer by becoming Thor, her sacrificing herself for others. I love the character of Jane Foster as Thor, and I love the fact that Natalie Portman can bring all of her skills to play that part. I couldn't be more excited for this movie. And you all know, Jason Aaron has been writing Thor since basically 2012, I think, seven years now, mm -hmm. is, is going into the grand finale of his long run. If you've been watching this show for any amount of time, you know that I will not shut up about that run. Um, but I'm so glad because it's paying off very nicely now uh, because you all get to join us and be excited about the way that it is influencing these things. And just on a personal note, I love that story very much, and I love Natalie Portman in the Thor movies. Mm -hmm. I've, I've loved all the Thor movies, but I would have been afraid that had they brought Jane Foster back, it would come at the expense of having Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie as, like, give, getting space as a That's character. Saying, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so they've made me incredibly happy by saying both of those can happen. Uh, we, it's the three of them are all going to be in a movie together. We don't know how it's going to tie into everything else, but very, very excited. And uh, Taika Waititi is so proud of that logo and about the tone. He was walking around with it on his phone just talking about it. He's, he's, he's ready, and I cannot wait to see his next take. And finally, last but not least, it's really officially happening. The Black Widow solo film. They brought the whole team out. They showed off some, tell me a, I, we, a little bit about what you saw. Uh, the footage looks way more Jason Bourne meets Winter Soldier than I ever dreamed. The action, the 
directing. Uh, the director's name, um, it's slipping because I didn't know her work before this. Uh, Kate Sh- Shortland. Kate Shortland came out and talked about the directing style, and they showed us three minutes of footage, and it is a, a, an insane fight scene. Uh, it leads me to believe, and, and Taskmaster was officially revealed. We saw Taskmaster. Um, David Harbour came out, and someone, like, Jessica Chobot, who was moderating, was like, are you excited to join the Marvel Universe? And he's like, What? Of course I am! And just, like, Dave, you know, harbored his way around the thing. Uh, also, comic book shopping, I might have said that Taskmaster is in Black Widow. I don't know. Uh, so it was really cool to see that footage, and it was great to see the fight choreography, and I think there's going to be a bait-and-switch, and we find out that um, Black Widow's sister is, in fact, Taskmaster. That's my theory. My big recommendation to read on that is you want to read the Marvel Knights Black Widow run that introduced Yelena Belova. Uh, I just think, I don't know that they're basing it on anything to do with that, but I love that run, and so this is my excuse to mention it. And in general, read George Perez's Black Widow. She's incredible. Uh, And you definitely also want to check out Chris Sumney's. I'm just saying we're throwing a lot of things at you, but uh, while you're uh, reading, you should definitely check out the new graphic novel from Cami Garcia, who you got to talk to I a little did. bit. I did. It was incredible. Cami is amazing. Uh, her and Gabriel hubby, Piccolo, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, and Gabriel, I love his character designs. He reminds me of Mike Ringo. I loved it. We had a great interview. Let's check it out. Amnesia storytelling in this is really great because it's a character whose origin is known, but you get to retell it in your own way, and the use of amnesia really allows for that to be your voice. And I also like that the, the pen gets more detailed as her story gets more detailed. You yeah. can find things in that. When you were mapping the story out, did that change when the amnesia started? To, or was it always this consistent, like, going into the second act, she finds herself in yeah. the third? Yeah, for me, the trick was I really love the Raven that Marv Wolfman and um, George Perez created. And yeah. so I wanted to keep as much of the character I love as I could, but also add something new and make it relatable to people who might not, you know, might think, oh, I don't, I'm not into graphic novels. Like, I really want to change their mind. Yeah. So um, one of the things was I didn't want to lose her origin story, but starting out with her knowing that about herself would have been very difficult. So I just decided, you know what, like, I'm, I like to do the thing people say you can't do, so I'm like, I can make amnesia fresh. Yeah. And so my whole arc for her was um you know i am all for a strong heroine but not every teenage girl starts out strong a lot of them um think they're not strong and they have to find dig deep and figure out that they are so i wanted her to start out as kind of like unsure and then over the course of the book you see her find that inner strength and you see it come forward. And I love the relationships that form from that. All, all the relationships feel authentic. And, and the romance, man. Like, it's hard to capture romance and not feel, like, cloying. And I think you really got that, especially it, with them two. What, what, was, what was some of your influences in, in framing the way you did? Uh, so I have this uh, original story, which is uh, what I'm most famous for besides my Teen Titans work. Uh, Icarus and the Sun, and it's uh, about a relationship, so that's a thing that I absolutely love to draw. Uh, relationships, dialogues, characters in general, but romance is a thing that I, it's one of my favorite things to draw. So I, I, I'm glad that Kemi put that on the on the script. Like so. the almost kissing, I was yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Now before we wrap up here, I want to talk about DC Universe. The ultimate DC membership for DC fans. Join now to catch up on part one of the original series, Young Justice Outsiders, and then stream new episodes of part two dropping every week in July and August. Continue watching DC's most iconic young superheroes and other brand new characters discover their unique meta powers and special abilities while they face the new threat of meta trafficking and an intergalactic arms race for control of these super powered youths. Enjoy Young Justice Outsiders as well as other DC original series like Titans and Doom Patrol, along with over 20. 
20,000 comics, animated films, and classic DC movies. DC Universe is available on all of your favorite devices, so sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. That's dcuniverse.com slash join. So they were so great to talk to. They were so lovely. They're so invested in these characters. And Beast Boy is next, which they revealed, which I'm so excited about. I love these duo. Like, yes, more. Uh, Speaking of more, we have a comic book pull list, which we're going to run through real quick this week. We've got our simultaneous picks for basically this whole pull list this week. (laughs) House of X, number one. Batman, White Knight. I'm so excited for more of this White Knight storyline. Jane Foster, Valkyrie, number one. What a crazy coincidence. None of us called this. Mm, Marvel's epilogue. We get more Marvels. One of my favorite runs of all time gets another issue with the original team. Oh, good God. And the Dark Horse adaptation of William Gibson's unproduced Alien 3 screenplay is in hardcover this week for your curiosity and enjoyment. So much curiosity. As, as a David Fincher apologist, I'm curious to see what that could have been. <laughs> it's fun to see the alternate versions of things. So that is a taste of what went down at San Diego. <laughs> we have so much more to get into. We have the Eisenhower Awards, the Watchmen trailer, the Harley Quinn trailer, Doom Patrol is back, uh, the boys are back are in advance, Batwoman had some first reactions, Snowpiercer has a DV series, Comic Book News was all over the place, and we're going to get into it on Giant Size. And I did a ton of interviews while I was there. So I talked to Scott Snyder. I talked to uh, Rob Liefeld. I talked to Todd McFarlane. Talked to talked to so many, talked to Marcus and McFeely. Uh, had so many great conversations. So keep an eye on Collider's page this coming week because I, as you may know, read a lot of comics and did a lot of nerding out with a lot of amazing minds. So that was my favorite Comic-Con of all time. More to come. We'll see you next week. It's great to be back. And until next time, stay sweaty. Stay sweaty. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20.